from the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C. Hello. Can everybody hear me? I think good. Well, here we are at the last wonderful author of the day. How many of you all have enjoyed the National Book Festival? And if you've had a great day, it's especially important to thank the people who have volunteered. And you know them by their pink t-shirts, Go Pink Power. So say thank you to them. Big round of applause. The National Book Festival could not happen without them. And I don't think the video recording folks ever get thanked. So I think we should thank you as well. Thank you. So I'm Mary Quattlebaum. Um, I'm a regular reviewer of middle grade and YA fiction for the Washington Post. Again, welcome to the National Book Festival. And I have to say a few you know, nice things about the Washington Post. They are a charter sponsor of the festival, and they've been a sponsor for all 12 years of the festival's existence. Um, yay. Uh, I want to say something about R.L. Stein in advance. He would love to be able to have photos afterwards and do autographing. He simply can't because he and his lovely wife have to make a plane. So I know it's going to be really tempting to mob him. Please refrain from doing so because he has to run out um, as soon as he gives his talk and does this Q&A session. So thank you for understanding that. Um, and I also have to let you know that um, we're being video recorded. You know, we're, we're going to be on the Library of Congress's website and in their archives. So just to let you know when you ask questions that you are being recorded. OK. Well, I'm here to introduce someone who really needs no introduction. That would be R.L. Stein. The R.L. stands for Robert Lawrence, but he has said that we can call him Bob. Bob doesn't just chill your spine, he can tickle your funny bone. And he has been chilling and tickling for hundreds of books in series like Fear Street, Rotten School, and The Nightmare Room. He has written dozens of joke books, too. And in 1992, he launched his wildly popular Goosebumps series. Who likes Goosebumps? Hey! More than 400 million copies of his books have been sold around the world. 400 million copies. That is a lot of zeros. And on a personal note, I also have to thank Bob. One of my nephews was a huge fan of the Goosebumps series. For several years, Brad, my nephew, would say, Aunt Mary, do you know what I really want for my birthday or Christmas or whatever? I would really like some more of those Goosebumps books. And so I was always delighted to give him some. So join me in welcoming R.L. Stein. Bob.
<laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you all for staying so late. I don't know, do you think we can be scary on such a beautiful day? <laughs> I'm not so sure. This has really been terrific. It's been an amazing day here. Um, I always like to start out when I speak to people by reading a poem by a different author. I like to read this poem called Haunted by Shel Silverstein. And the reason I like this poem is that it's scary and funny at the same time, which is what I try to do in my books. This is Haunted. I dare you all to go into the haunted house on Howlin' Hill, where squiggly things with yellow eyes peek past the wormy windowsill. We'll creep into the moonlit yard where weeds reach out like fingers, and through the rotted old front door, a squeakin' on its hinges, down the dark and whisperin' hall, past the musty study, up the windin' staircase, don't step on the step that's bloody, through the secret panel, to the bedroom, where we'll slide into the ragged, cobweb, dusty bed, Ten people must have died in. And the bats will screech, and the spirits will scream, and the thunder will crash like a horrible dream, and we'll sing with the zombies, and dance with the dead, and howl at the ghost with the axe in his head. And come to think of it, what do you say? We go get some ice cream instead. Thank you. <laughs> I love that poem. How many of you have ever read a Goosebumps book? Oh my goodness, thank you very much, thank you. And how many of you see my Haunting Hour TV show on Saturday nights? Oh great, that's great, it's on the hub every week. How many, here's one more question. Have any of you ever seen a ghost? I mean, no, not on TV, not Casper, not Casper. I mean, for real, anybody ever see a real ghost? Yeah, so many hands. I might have, I'm not sure, I might have. I'm gonna tell you a true story that happened to my brother Bill and me when we were kids back in Ohio. It was Halloween time, and Bill and I were very excited because it was the first Halloween we were allowed to go out trick-or-treating by ourselves, no parents. So we were pretty thrilled. And we both dressed up as ghosts. We pulled sheets down over our heads, and we got big shopping bags to carry all the candy that we were going to get. And I took a can of that silly string. Do you know what that stuff is? Yeah. It spray, yes, it sprays out string, it sprays. Just in case we had to string somebody. <laughs> and I tucked it under my costume. And Bill and I walked out. It was a cold October night. The ground was all crunchy, hard from the frost. 
There was a kind of cold that clings to the back of your neck. But we were so excited, we didn't care about any of that. And we always started trick-or-treating at Mrs. Dawson's house right across the street from us. And we looked over, and this night, the house was dark, totally dark, no light in any window. And I said, Bill, I guess she's not home. We'll have to start somewhere else. So we started down the block, and we were very poor and lived in a very poor neighborhood of very tiny houses, which is only great at Halloween <laughs> because you get to cover a lot of houses, right? You don't have to go up any long driveways. And we went four or five blocks down the street collecting candy and then came back trick-or-treating, collecting candy, came back the other way. And when we came back, there was a light on, an orange light on in Mrs. Dawson's front window. And I said, oh, I guess she's there. Let's go over there. And as we crossed the street, I could see the light was coming from a big orange jack-o'-lantern in the window. It was all fiery yellow. And it had a big grin, a big jagged grin on its face. And we walked up to uh, Mrs. Dawson's front stoop. And I knocked on the door. And we waited, and we waited. She didn't come. I rang the bell. I knocked, I waited. Bill and I were looking at each other. She didn't come to the door. And Bill said, she's in there, Bob. Go ahead, string her. <laughs> so I took out the can of string, and I raised it to her door. And then I stopped. Because the jack-o'-lantern in the front window had changed. It wasn't yellow anymore. It was a bright scarlet red. And it had this hideous scowl on its face. And I dropped the can of string. And Bill and I took off. We didn't understand what's going on here. And we took off running down the driveway. We were halfway down the drive when the front door swung open. And Mrs. Dawson stepped out. And I can picture her. I can still remember she had this long gray nightgown. I remember this long gray nightgown fluttering, fluttering in the wind. And she said, why did you wake me? And I said, oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Dawson. I'm sorry. We didn't know you were asleep. I'm really sorry. But I have to ask you one question. How did you do that with your jack-o'-lantern? And she said, jack-o'-lantern? I don't have a jack-o'-lantern. And we looked in her front window. It was entirely black, totally dark. Well, Bill and I ran back across the street and ran into our house and ran up to our room and we dumped all the candy out on the floor and we didn't say another word about it. We didn't want to think about it. And we divided up all the candy. And the next morning I woke up, it was a school morning, and I thought, you know, I really should go apologize to Mrs. Dawson for waking her up last night. So I got dressed for school, and I had breakfast, and then I walked across the street, and there was a big truck in her driveway, and people were moving furniture back and forth. 
And I went up to one of the workers and I said, um, what's happening here, kid? What's happening? And he said, well, I guess you're getting new neighbors, kid. And I said, why? What do you mean? And he said, oh, I'm sorry. Didn't you know? Mrs. Dawson died two weeks ago. That's, that's my true ghost story. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Do you think I made up part of that true story? Do you? You think I made up a lot of it, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> hey, this, this is the... Uh, this is the 20th anniversary of Goosebumps. Can you imagine? Man, I know. That's a lot of books, right? I think I've done over 100 of them. I've, done, I've obviously done every story you can possibly do. There's nothing left. <laughs> but I keep going somehow. I keep doing them. And uh, to celebrate the anniversary, uh, we did a hardcover, the first ever hardcover Goosebumps book called Wanted the Haunted Mask. And it's a brand new haunted mask story with all new characters but the same haunted mask. How many of you have read the original haunted mask or know? How many of you have seen the TV show, the Goosebumps show about the haunted mask? <laughs> I'll tell you a very a funny story about, you know, this is a story about a girl who wants to be scary at Halloween, and she pulls on this really ugly green mask, and then it sticks to her face, and she can't get it off, and it becomes part of her skin, and it turns her evil. And this was the very first Goosebumps TV show that we ever filmed. And I remember there's a scene, maybe you remember, very early in the show, there's a scene where two boys are teasing Carly Beth in the lunchroom, and they give her a sandwich with a worm in it, and she doesn't know it. Well, we started to film this scene. We had a wonderful young actress named Catherine Long playing the part of Carly Beth. And we made a sandwich, and we put a plastic worm in it, and we took it down to the set, and she came to us, and she said, you know what? I don't think I can do this scene right with a plastic worm. I think I need a real worm. So we said, okay. <laughs> said, all right. And we went out and we got a worm and we put it in the sandwich and we started to film and the two boys gave Carly Beth the sandwich and she picked it up and bit into it and chewed it up Yuck, right? But do you want to hear the really sad part? Here's the really sad part. We had to shoot the scene 12 times. <laughs> yeah, it was 12 worms. <laughs> That's pretty bad, right? It's a little bit of true horror. <laughs> I thought I'd read to you today a little chapter from the new one, Wanted the Haunted Mask, which is about a girl named Luann. 
who goes with her friends to her friend Polly's house for a really boring Halloween party. The party is so boring that she and her two friends go up to the attic to get away from the party. And up there they find a trunk. The trunk has old Halloween costumes and masks in it. And they put on the things from the trunk and go back downstairs to scare everyone. But Luann quickly finds out she has a problem with the ugly green mask that she has put on. The voices faded into the background. I suddenly felt a little scared. See, I could feel my mask moving, kind of changing. A heavy feeling of dread formed in the pit of my stomach. I didn't want to believe it, but the mask was growing warmer and warmer, and I could feel it shrinking, tightening to my face. Brad and Marcus had pulled a joke about how their mask wouldn't come off, but this was no joke. This was really happening to me. I reached my hands up to my neck and searched for the bottom of the mask. I knew I couldn't tug it off from the top. I had to grab the bottom and slide it up, pull the mask off from the bottom, but wait, no, oh, please, no. My hands fumbled at my neck. I slid them up, then down, then back up. Where was the bottom of the mask? I couldn't find the place where the mask ended, and my skin began. My hands were shaking like crazy now. My panic was making my whole body tremble. I felt the mask tighten some more. It was alive. Yes, the old mask was alive. I felt it moving, warming up, stretching itself, melting to my skin. Help me, the scream burst from my throat. I pulled and strained frantically at the mask, but it was no longer a mask. It was attached to me. It was part of me. Help me, I really need help. The mask melted to my face. Brad and Marcus burst out laughing. Other kids started to laugh. No, really, I really need help. This old mask, it's alive. More laughter. Oh, please, Luann, Polly's mom said, chuckling and shaking her head. The boys already pulled that joke. Take off the mask and come join everyone. I can't, I screamed. I can't take it off, please, I'm not joking. I gripped it with both hands and pulled with all my might. Suddenly my fear gave way to something else. Suddenly I was no longer terrified. Now I was angry. I felt about to blow up. Yes, explode. Explode in screaming anger. What am I going to do? I've never felt anything like this in my life. I balled my hands into tight fists. I clenched my jaw. As my anger boiled, I made one last attempt to pull off the mask. I scraped it with my nails, ripped my fingers at the eye holes, but there were no eye holes. There was no mask. It was my face now. The hideous, sharp-toothed, green, scaly face was my face. I couldn't hold myself in any longer. My body churned as if I was vomiting my anger. An animal roar burst from deep inside me, a terrifying, menacing bellow of horror. But I couldn't stop the anger. I lost myself, lost Luann, lost myself in the boiling sea of anger. I raised my eyes to the costume kids in Polly's living room. They were still laughing, the idiots, the stupid jerks. They thought I was putting on some kind of show, 
I'll show them it isn't pretend. I leaped over the banister and landed on a boy in a mummy costume. We both toppled to the floor. I wrapped my hands around his throat and squeezed until he squeaked. Then I jumped to my feet. I lowered my shoulder and ran into a couple of girls. They fell backwards and slammed into a wall. Kids weren't laughing anymore. Now they were screaming. Now they were backing away in fright. Ha! I leaped up and ripped streamers off the ceiling. I knocked over a table and sent a lamp crashing to the floor. Stop! Luann, stop! I heard Mrs. Martin screaming. I grabbed a pumpkin pie off the food table and smashed it in her face. <laughs> then I hoisted up the food table and tipped it on its side. All the food and drinks slid to the floor. The punch bowl shattered into a million pieces, sending the orange drink pooling over the carpet. Kids screamed in terror. I saw a couple of girls run out the front door. I didn't care. I couldn't control myself. I ripped a poster off the wall and smashed its glass frame against the banister. I loved it. Polly's mom was still wiping pie off her face. I heaved a vase at the wall. She spun toward me and sprang forward, trying to tackle me. With a cry, I dodged past her outstretched arms. I took a flying leap and dove right through the living room window. Glass shattered and crashed all around me. I landed on my knees. Then I climbed quickly to my feet and took off, roaring down the street, screaming like a crazed animal. And that's a chapter from Wanted the Haunted Mass. Thank you. <laughs> How are we doing? Somebody tell me. We have, what? I have a little time to answer questions. And again, I apologize. I'm going to run out of here as soon as I'm done. I'm not going to stop for anything. So, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm really sorry, but I have to do that. Also, while I'm here, I have to say that so, after 20 years of goosebumps, many of my readers from back in the day are in their 20s and 30s. Hey, all right, all right. <laughs> now, these are my guys. This is, these are my kids back from the 90s. And uh, so many of them, hey, thank you. And thank you guys, thanks all for coming. Man, it's, it's been a great day for me, seriously. Maybe a little too nice, I don't know. But I thought I would write something for my original readers. So I wrote an old-fashioned horror novel for adults called Red Rain. And it's coming out October 9th. It's about, thank you. Well, maybe you better wait till you read it. I don't know. <laughs> it's about really evil kids which I thought people would appreciate from me. Anyway, it's called Red Rain, and I hope, you, I hope you like it. And now that people are lined up with questions, go ahead, what would you like to know? Uh, what's your favorite author? My favorite author? I have a lot of favorite authors. Um, I guess the science fiction writer, Ray Bradbury. Um, he wrote some wonderful books. He wrote one of the scariest books ever written called Something Wicked This Way Comes. It's a wonderful, amazing book. 
and I have to sit, tell my grown-up audience here, he wrote a book, um, a really underrated book called Dandelion Wine, which is, which you can't read with it. It's like you cry on every page. It's so beautiful. You have to stop reading. It's, I read it once a year just to remind myself what good writing is like. Thank you. I'll try to look for that book. Thanks. <laughs> what? Oh, my goodness. Hi. Um, so I'm one of the original 80s, 90s kids who grew up with your stories, Fear Street, Goosebumps. And uh, your books and the scary stories to tell in the dark have, have influenced my love for the horror genre in general throughout my life. And I was just wondering who some of your favorite influences were in that genre. Well, I have a lot of, Ray Bradbury was certainly one of the influences. Before that, I read only comics. When I was a kid, <laughs> yeah, I love comics. When I was a kid, there were these incredible horror comics, Tales from the Crypt and, and the, the Vault of Horror. And they were very influential on me. They were gruesome, bloody, horrible comics. And, and then they always had a funny twist ending. <laughs> And I think they were very important in my life. And I have a lot of heroes, but another one is uh, Rod Serling, of course, uh, The Twilight Zone. I mean, that's just a brilliant, brilliant series. Thank you. Thanks. Um, what's your favorite horror movie, if you had to pick? Favorite horror movie? Yeah. Oh, I have a, a number of them. Um, I think The Shining. I really like that one. And just a, fu a funny horror movie that you would like, um, Arachnophobia, <laughs> especially if you hate spiders. That film has thousands of spiders, thousands of spiders. And I think it's, I think it's really fun. Okay, thank you. Yes. What's your favorite? Um, um, I can't really hear you yet. It got a little noisy. Why did you choose to make horror books? Why did I choose to scare kids? <laughs> hey, somebody's got to do it, right? <laughs> I don't know. I started writing these books. I didn't understand why they liked them. I used to, no, I would go to school. I'd say, why do you like these books? And every time, every single kid said, I like to be scared. So that's why I write them. <laughs> Are you going to make any new haunting hours? Am I going to write what? Make any new haunting hours. The new haunting hour shows start. We're doing a third season of the haunting hour. In fact, even more maybe. We're doing a lot. It's doing great. And I think they start in October, the brand new episodes. inspire you to write the books like a scary teacher or something like that? Wait, would you say that again? <laughs> what? Did anyone ever inspire you to write the books like a scary teacher? I, uh, you know what? I used to write stuff when I, when I was a kid. I would write little magazines and little comics and bring them into school and the teachers begged me to stop. <laughs> Please, Bob, please, don't bring this stuff to school. <laughs> please. And that really encouraged me. <laughs> yeah, I think if they hadn't asked me to stop, 
I probably might have stopped. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you going to make any um, a movie for the new um, mask? For the new haunted mask? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I, that I have no answer for. I don't know what's, what with movies. Yes. I'm a school librarian, and when I'm... <laughs> Hey, I have, wait, I have to say, that's a first. <laughs> that is really nice. What a nice crowd. <laughs> when, I'm reading, when I'm reading pieces to the kids, I need to read to all the kids in the room. And so if I want to turn some kids on to your books, but not scare the pants off some of our kids who aren't ready for horror, what would you recommend I read aloud to the kids to turn them on? Uh, some non-scary type of goosebumps? <laughs> no, some We're, books that you think would be a good introduction to your kind of writing. Uh, probably Benicula. Uh, Those are good. I meant R.L. Stein. I meant your books. My books? What yes. would be an introduction? Could oh, I would start off with something like Cuckoo Clock of Doom. That's a nice easy one. There's a, a funny one called Chicken Chicken. You know, and I think those are like lighter and are more fun and aren't very creepy. Hi. Hi. Hey, um, so I'm 25 and I just did the math and I realized that as old, like since I've been able to read, there have been Goosebumps books. <laughs> so that's kind of awesome. Um, so I'm making you feel old now? <laughs> How do I feel? What? <laughs> what I remember from when I was a kid was how cool the covers were. And I was wondering yeah. who came up with that, with the, the logo. There was a wonderful cover artist named Tim Jacobus, and he did the first 87 cover paintings. It was amazing. And you know why they were so good? They were good because they were really scary, but funny at the same time. They had a lot of humor to them. He was just wonderful, wonderful covers. That's why he did them. And no one ever asked me about the covers. Growing up, my brother and I used to always argue about our favorite book. Um, which one was your favorite, to write or to read? My favorite, um, oh, that's hard. My favorite book to write was, um, actually, a book I wrote last year called It's the First Day of School Forever, which is about this poor boy who keeps living the first day of school, the worst day of his life, over and over again. And I just, somehow it just came and I was just had a great time. I had a great time writing it. There are a whole bunch of books like that. Um, I, I, I don't really know if I could say which, what other books, what book I love the most. Because I read all the time. I'm always reading. Thank you. Do your own books scare you sometimes? <laughs> what was that? Do my own books? No. No. Hey, you know, so I don't get scared. This is the weird thing. I mean, I, I don't get scared by books, and I don't get scared by movies. When I, no, when I go to a scary movie, I'm the one laughing. You know, the jaw jumps up, bites the girl, I'm laughing. I'm not, I never get scared at movies. I don't know. It always, I think there's a very close uh, relationship between humor and horror. And for me, it's just, it's all, horror is very funny. So I don't scare myself. 
Also, you know, I do so much planning in my books that I can't, I don't really get surprised when I'm writing them. Because <laughs> I plan, I do chapter by chapter outlines of every single book I write. So when I sit down to write the book, I know everything that's going to happen in the book. I've got it all planned out. And um, as a result, uh, kids always ask me about writer's block. What do you do about writer's block? But if you have a whole outline and you've planned your whole book, there's no way you can get writer's block. You've done all the hard stuff. The, reading part, the writing part is fun. I think we have time for two more questions, then I have to run. What, what do, do you have? do when you're not writing and reading? What do I do when I'm not writing? Or reading. Well, I, you know, I live in New York City, so there's a lot to do. <laughs> and I, you know, I enjoy New York a lot. But um, so we do everything in New York. I love going to movies and uh, taking my dog for long walks in the park and um, going to football games and um, you know having a good time. But I write maybe six days a week. I write. I write all the time. And the last question, the last one. Where did you come up with the idea for Horrorland? For Horrorland. I love Disney World. <laughs> no, really, I want to live there. I love it. And I thought, wouldn't it be great if there was um, a, a theme park like Disney World, but it was all horrifying and horrible things happened to you. And so that's why I came up with Goosebumps Horrorland. Thank you very much. What a great audience. Thank you. This has been a presentation of the Library of Congress. Visit us at loc.gov.